0: I have one question for you. Are you ready to do your fertility journey differently? Hey there, I'm Bella Hilton, and this is the Studio Fertility Podcast, where each week I bring you real, actionable tips and strategies to help you get your mind from chaos to calm and your body from resistant to receiving. So if you want to feel better now and improve your fertility, let's do this. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Studio Fertility Podcast. I am your host Bella Hilton, and today I'm doing something a little different because I put a question out on my Instagram stories um, a little while ago, and asking people basically what they're afraid of when it comes to IVF. And I was looking for those real specifics so I can really help people to narrow down what it is they're afraid of and how to overcome that. and it kind of showed me that people don't know how to narrow stuff down. So I'm going to do that like right at the end. So, <clears throat> um, and because I couldn't get back to everyone individually, right? I thought I would answer those questions um, or ways to deal with those things we are afraid of in this podcast, because I know this will benefit a lot of people as well. So I wanted to um, frame it up for everybody. So let me talk you through some of the fears and things people are going through and worrying about when it comes to IVF. I think when people are first starting out with IVF, it's definitely the fear of the unknown, right? A lot of uncertainty. Uncertainty with your fertility, but also then with IVF and how all of that works. Particularly if they read a few forums or belong to some Facebook groups, because they'll see um, other people talking about So many things that are foreign to them at that point, um, as a way to settle their brain of like what to expect, but it can create kind of the opposite in terms of expectations and what's supposed to happen for them. And when it doesn't go that way, it can, you know, feel awful as well. And I have a whole podcast actually about handling greater levels of uncertainty if you want to check that one out too because it's very popular and it's very good because uh, a lot of the fears and things we have in life are about handling greater levels of uncertainty. How do we do that? It can help us calm down our greatest anxieties and when you first start out on the IVF path you might also you know fear the drugs and the needles and how those uh, and how the medication might affect you things like that I mean, I remember watching a movie years ago, years, years, like, you know, I don't know, way before I did IVF about a woman doing IVF and she was essentially having hot flashes and sticking her head in the fridge and having these wild emotional swings as well, right? And when this is how IVF is portrayed, it can look super scary. It's like how people give birth on, you know, TV and all the screaming and things none of these things ever have to be like that. We don't know how it's going to be quite for us, but we are able to manage things a lot better um, than I think they are portrayed on like movies and TV screens. Uh, Plus, I think as some people mentioned too, there is that element of worrying that it won't work, and if this doesn't work, nothing will, because nothing up until this stage maybe has worked, right? Like, IVF is the end of the line, the last shot, your only hope, almost like you're resigning yourself to the fact that you're a hopeless case, that you're broken, right? And that quite honestly is a scary place to be in. I totally get it. Then there are things like the wait to hear if any eggs were retrieved, the wait to hear if they fertilized. Um, Someone said the daily updates to see if they multiply without fragmentation wow, like that's a lot of information. That is very overwhelming. Or even the medications and all the stress that comes from the IVF process. Or of course the money. The money can be a huge fearful and stressful factor in the whole process too, depending on what country you're in. Because I know I've got listeners from all over the world. So, you know, I'm in Australia Um, at the moment, it looks like I might be moving countries. So stay tuned on that one. Um, But in Australia, it's heavily subsidized, but um, the costs can still rack up pretty quickly. It's not completely subsidized, just heavily subsidized. Um, And, you know, when you're doing multiple rounds of IVF, that can all start to add up. And it certainly did on my credit card. Um, Now, the USA is I'm like my heart goes out to the people in the USA because it's horrendous, horrendous for costs with IVF and many other countries. And some are um, a lot luckier. So that's good as well. So when it comes down to it, though, it's more fearful. It it seems more normal, doesn't it? When When I've listed all this stuff to be afraid of IVF, it's more normal to be afraid of it and all the things that go along with it than it is to embrace it. wouldn't you say? Do you relate to that? Because it is such an emotional roller coaster. So I want to talk to you today about all these fears so we can actually start to get you more excited about the process than fearful of it. Yes, I said excited. I know. I know that might seem like a far-fetched, far-off, distant (laughs) thing. Uh, Because I maintain that IVF can be a magical and special process too, even regardless of how it turns out. Oh, I know, um, that's a big one. For those of you who follow me, you would probably know, right, that I love tea. I mean, I love tea, not just love tea. I love it. I'm drinking some tea right now. My favorites at the moment are a French Earl Grey and an apple and ginger. They are just so good. I'm going to take a little sip now. Mm, delicious. And each day that I drink my tea or order my tea at a cafe, I don't experience it as just having a cup of tea, like routine, like, oh, uh, just going to have my coffee, start my day. It's not about that for me. I experience it as my personal little ceremony. <laughs> You're right. When I'm drinking it, it triggers emotional happiness in me, almost irrational happiness, because I've made tea mean more than just a cup of tea, right? It's my thing. I'm that lady who drinks tea. It gives me huge amounts of pleasure, How we set things up in our minds and how we view things will have a direct impact on how we experience that thing. And I wanted to give you a happy trigger for once, right, with that example instead of a negative trigger. We all hear that term, I was triggered. I use it sometimes. Um, Well, we can trigger ourselves into happiness too, set ourselves up to experience more often and set things up that might... Um, otherwise be a negative experience into a more happy one right so I think you can see where I'm going with this for IVF so when it came to IVF for me um, let me tell me my own personal experience because of where I was at I didn't go in just thinking it was a medical procedure I didn't I didn't really view it as a medical procedure even though it is for me I saw it as a real opportunity a real opportunity to become a mother when nothing else had happened before because I'd been trying for 10 years at this stage right and I've gotten myself happy and I've gotten myself to a place where I was just enjoying my life um so because you know I had to deal with all of that and I'd done my grieving and it didn't mean I didn't have a deep desire in my heart for a, a baby it just I just found ways to still enjoy my life and so When IVF came along, I just saw it as that, like, amazing, this real opportunity. I didn't view it as the, you know, the last chance saloon, but rather a beautiful, amazing opportunity that for many women in years gone by didn't exist, right? I would have had no opportunity in years gone by. I honestly thought of myself as lucky that it existed at all. You know, I laughed at how much my life revolved around technology, actually. I was a a digital marketing manager at the time. My husband worked in IT. I met my husband online via an app and now was embarking on IVF, right? My life was about technology. And so I just sort of see it that way and, and chose to embrace it. So you can see how our lives are a matter of the perspective, the lens we choose to view it with, and that lens, that filter then creates our experience of it. I was honestly excited to start. Now, I never sugarcoat things because of course I've been like myself through um, heartbreaking IVF failures or miscarriages. I've sat there with clients who have been through... you you know this stuff as well I'm not immune to it and I would never sugarcoat things because of course there is so much that can go wrong with the IVF process where the um, process can break down where it's not successful right it's not all skittles and rainbows and cups of ceremonious tea and and just the way you view it sometimes like I do get that and the emotions and the expectations that go into doing a round of IVF are real and they are big um, because it can be heartbreaking too like I said And just because I had a positive perspective going in did not make it any, make me any less invested in the outcome. But I guess I never assumed it would work either. I didn't, I guess I didn't need it to work. I was resigned to it maybe not working. Um, I was a little bit more open, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't have had to have grieved my way through it if it didn't work. Okay. Again, that still would have meant Right. Um, Like I was saying, before I moved on to other avenues, and for me, I think that would have been adoption. um, I, I definitely would have gone through a grieving process. It's not about that, but I just chose to embrace the technology instead of being fearful of it. I wasn't afraid of the needles. I wasn't afraid of the medication. I wasn't afraid of the surgery. I wasn't totally pleasant all the time, but I wasn't afraid of it. I embraced it. This was my opportunity because I kind of sort of want to help you separate out the process itself from the outcome. And these are two greatly big and different fears. And this is what I mean by actually um, digging down into what those fears are so we can actually deal with the fears themselves because here's what I know to be true if you are very anxious and heartbroken and resistant going into IVF rushing yourself and thinking you have to do it now because you've run out of time um, it has to be this year you know it's definitely 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 100% going to be a very unpleasant experience right? If there is that part of you that really doesn't want to do this, go through this again, terrified of the medication or needles or surgery parts of it, whatever that resistance is, it's definitely not going to be any fun at all. And it's not going to put you in the best possible position mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, or physically to be able to handle the process in your stride with any ease or any grace, right? It's plain going to suck. Um, and I know many of you will be like, well, okay, Bella, how the heck do I turn this around then and embrace this thing? Because when we are resistant, it can feel foreign to us that we could even find a way to embrace it or welcome it into our lives. It can feel like that pie in the sky thinking that I was talking about, like, yeah, good one. (laughs) Right? Especially when we bundle all the fear together, the cost, the medication effects, the procedures, the expectations and the emotions um, and the outcome all together, it is a lot. I often have people telling me, you know, I ask them, what is it specifically that you're afraid of? Where's the fear there? Where, what are you scared of? And they go, well, it's everything everything that's a lot right and I can tell you right now it isn't everything I've never had a client who was afraid of everything that's a lot of things (laughs) when I actually reflect on my first cycle uh, straight up I was actually afraid of the needles Um, not that I'm afraid of needles blood tests things like um, you know vaccinations like I will get them Um, but you know having to stick the needle in myself right It wasn't the needles per se, but that a medical professional wasn't doing it. Yeah. So my husband had to do it. Like I made him part of it because I thought I literally can't stab myself with this thing. Plus, we both wanted him to be a part of it in some way to actually be involved. Um, And that was part of creating, making it special for us, right? That we were both involved and this was his part in it. I mean, you've heard that saying it all starts with a little prick Well, it still did. (laughs) I really hope you get that joke. Anyway, don't tell my husband that. Okay. It feels so foreign to me now to say that though, because about halfway through the first cycle, my husband went away for a few days and I had to learn very quickly how to give myself those needles. And I think almost passed out the first time, not from the needle, but from the thought process that went into it right? My unconscious mind was doing me a disservice and creating all this panic where there didn't even need to be. My brain was literally thinking I was stabbing myself before I'd even done it. So it made me really dizzy and want to pass out because our mind and body connection are a very real thing. And I had to dig deep. I had to dig deep into my resourcefulness bank, deep inside. And honestly, I had to pump myself up. I used my tools. I reminded myself just how stubborn I am. And when I want something, I can push through anything and how strong I am in mind and body. And I did it. And after two days, I realized actually, how easy it was to do and how, when I did it for myself, how much more control I had over the needle and how I could find the spots on my tummy that could, that I, you know, I could could barely feel the inject, you know, the, the needle go in and I would basically barely feel them. And then I actually preferred to strangely do it myself. But when my husband came back, he still insisted on doing it. (laughs) And I was trying to, do it myself. And he's like, no, no, I have to do it. But it always had a little bit more when he did it, which is the funny thing, right? Anyway, you have to break down the fear to the core of what the fear is. Otherwise we'll never get past that fear. We will never get to the other side. When it feels like everything, that's just too much. That's overwhelming. And you'll never make sense of it. And you'll never be able to break it down to, feel anything but anxious and desperate and miserable. If it is really needles, for example, I myself am trained to get people past needle fears, even if it is a phobia. You can change that in a short amount of time. Um, I've seen it done. I've done it myself. It's all about how we have wired our brain um, and similarly, if it's the surgery, right, there are ways through this through NLP or hypnosis techniques that you can change this or dial it down to a point where it's manageable, right? So give yourself, um, you do yourself that favor of, of getting that help with that. If that's the thing that's keeping you fearful, because that's so easy to change. If it's more about the money, then you really need to sit down and create yourself a financial plan, right? Work out how you will get through it, where you could earn some extra money or even sell some things around the home that you don't really need, you know, to create more financial abundance for yourself. I know it doesn't seem like it is always that easy, but there are always ways and there are people that can help you with that as well. If your fear is more about each part of the process then pinpoint exactly what part of the process it is, and what you are making it mean. Most of the time, we don't really fear the idea of how many eggs we will retrieve. We just think that um, uh, we just think that the number of eggs gives us this greater opportunity, and that's not always the case. Um, you know, I got four eggs on my successful cycle. I'd had eight at other times. It wasn't the number of eggs. It's more about the outcome. You know, so we're not worried about how many eggs we will retrieve or how many are mature and all that, all that kind of stuff. That's the tangible stuff that your mind, your conscious mind wants to know to have some hope to grip onto to have some opportunity right and yes it's devastating when you have nothing to transfer but the fear isn't about having nothing the fear is usually about what we're making it mean okay um not that I wish anyone getting none and that's very devastating and you have to go through a real grieving process with that but the fear is then that we come back to i'm broken i am a failure i will never be a mother right see that's the real fear i will never be a mother if ivf doesn't work nothing will i won't ever be happy without a baby i'm letting everyone down right it usually comes out to that we make these things mean one of you know something like this and that's the real fear that's honestly where a lot of the fears I see end up with my clients, when we trace them fully to their real conclusion. What is it I'm really worried about? And you know what? That's great because once you know what your real fear is, then you start to work on that. You start to be able to break that down and um, work through it in a way that you can actually start to calm down your brain and not be so hung up on numbers and egg retrieval numbers and things like that. I know many of my clients who have decided after working with me not to get hung up on the number of eggs retrieved and things like that. And they, and they might only get an update on day three or day five, depending on what their testing or transfer plan is. Like they might not even... Uh, Let the doctor tell them how many eggs they retrieved. They just might be like, yep, we got some or no, right? No numbers even because um, they know by that stage what is done is done and they can Uh, debrief and find out about it afterwards if it was successful or not right so it's not about not having the information ever if you want it or need it eventually the information will still be held by the clinic it's just that they decide it's easier to have only one update instead of daily updates about everything it's a real letting go a process and and they realize what will happen at that stage will happen So they can remain calmer and more at peace through the entire process. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not even sure I could do that, to be honest with you. Um, It'd be interesting, but this is sometimes what people do when they work with me. Uh, I find it an easier process if I do have some updates, not like daily updates or things like that, but how many eggs? Yep, great, but I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket or all, all my hope and expectations into it if that's what you know so there's different ways you can get the updates and manage your emotions better or you can not get the updates and that helps you manage your emotions you have to figure out what works for you there but when it comes back to actually facing your fear or fears shine a light on them work them through with someone journal about journal about them in a constructive way Um, until, you know, you find out the core of what's going on. Most of the time you'll find you're able to dial down those fears significantly by breaking them down into manageable pieces. And once we dial back those fears, then we're able to stop judging ourselves and get back to truly processing our emotions and moving through each experience in its entirety without taking that into the next experiences. In the next experience or realizing that maybe we need a break between those experiences right to give ourselves time to really process it because when you feel grounded when you feel like the fucking goddess that you really are when you step into feeling empowered and I want you to think about it Think about a time when you felt really empowered. Maybe you'd given a speech and, or you got good marks on an assignment or you just achieved something or I don't know what it was, but you just felt really empowered. I want you to step into that feeling more and more. And when you step into that feeling of being empowered and the fucking goddess that you are, like I said, and knowing that you deserve the depths of the ocean, the world, and the moon, you will start to realize That this might be a shitty experience, but you will know you are not a failure. You are not letting anybody down. And if they feel that way, that is on them, not you. You are not broken. It is not your fault. You can't know that you will never be a mother either. There's still so much hope here for many of you listening, the majority. You can most certainly... Also, have an amazing and happy life regardless of the outcome. And I know what I'm telling you doesn't feel tangible or realistic or on this planet to some of you right now, but it absolutely is once I break it down for you, show you how your emotions and mind work together, and give you the badass tools to do this for yourself. And that's the difference. When you don't have the tools, when you don't know how to do something, everything seems foreign everything seems like you can't reach it and you can't do it now when it comes down to it this does take work this all takes tearing down our preconceived societal notions of who we are inside and what we are truly capable of so we can really step into our power so when you're ready for that you can look me up and i'll see you next time on the podcast Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Studio Fertility Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you can make sure you know when the next episode drops. And you can find other episodes right now at studiofertility.com slash podcast. And of course, if you know of anyone else that would benefit from this podcast, make sure you share it with them and pay it forward. We are all in this together make sure too that you give us a five-star rating to help others find this podcast. And let me know how this podcast has benefited you by leaving your review so I can continue to deliver more great content that I know you want and need. And if you're starting to find that your infertility journey is getting the best of you, please head over to my website at studiofertility.com slash meditation and you can get instant access to a week of learning all about meditation, hypnosis, and visualization, how to use each one, and how they benefit you, and of course, some actual tracks to start to calm your nervous system. Each day, you will receive a short video and an awesome meditation, hypnosis, or visualization that you can do in your own time. And of course, access to those tracks for whenever you need them. Just head to studiofertility.com slash meditation to find out more. And I'll see you next time on the podcast.